There are some filmmakers of such towering stature that they have become all but synonymous with their country's cinema. Whether they like it or not, our gateway to their nation's filmic hinterland. Think of Ingmar Bergman, Theo Angelopoulos, Akira Kurosawa, Usman Semben, Emir Kirsterica, Abbas Kiarostami, and Paolo Sorrentino. Of course, there have been, and are other, Swedish, Greek, Japanese, Senegalese, Serbian, Italian, and Iranian filmmakers. But for the rest of the world, these names conveniently constitute what those named nations' cinema was, or is, supposed to be about. And like it or not, it is against these names that we often judge other indigenous filmmakers. Which is a bit like asking an American director to make a western and step beyond the shadow of John Ford. For a long time, Luis Bunuel was the embodiment of Spanish cinema. This despite the fact that of his 30 plus feature films, Bunuel only made three in his homeland. In 1961 with Viridiana, nine years later with Tristana, and his last film in 1978, That Obscure Object of Desire. Bunuel mostly avoided filming in Spain because of his opposition to General Franco, whose fascist Falange party ruled the country from 1939 until his death in 1975. Bunuel himself died in 1983, by which time Pedro Almodovar was emerging as a young director. Here is Almodovar speaking in 2011 with Scott Feinberg of The Hollywood Reporter. Well, you know, we were, I mean, we were living in Spain under a dictatorship uh, for four years. A lot, a lot. And uh, in, the, in the last five years, uh, from 17 to 75, all the Spaniards were, we were waiting till Franco will die because he was very sick. And it was fantastic to be young because then um, it was so immediate to do everything you want. While Bunuel only made three films at home, Almodovar has never ventured beyond the border. Mind you, that does not mean he is not interested in filming outside of Spain. Here he is in 2015, speaking with Maria Delgado at the BFI. Perhaps you will be uh, surprised. I asked immediately after reading the book uh, for, for the rights or the silence of the lambs. I, for example, I, I asked for the rights of the hours by Michael Cunningham and, um, and also the reader. So with such interest in filming The Silence of the Lambs, The Hours and The Reader, Almodovar has less thematic preoccupations in common with Bunuel than he does with Alfred Hitchcock, Fritz Lang and Douglas Sirk. And even among Spanish filmmakers, it again appears that Almodovar takes more inspiration from Fernando Gomez and Luis Berlanga than he does with Spain's most celebrated surrealist. However, there is one underlying factor that unites both filmmakers, and it is the quest for freedom. As a surrealist, Bunuel reveled in mocking social institutions, political ideologies and religious dogma that we have spent millennia convincing ourselves would secure us a balanced and healthy society. But in reality, those very same things instill, codify and justify prejudice, bigotry and xenophobia. Worse than that, because we institutionalize, legalize, verbalize and customize those prejudices, our language, laws and institutions become veils behind which we hide and apportion blame elsewhere. How many times have we been told to relax that it's just a joke? 
or not challenged in justice because the law says otherwise, or simply been advised to accept things as the way they are because this is the way things have always been. In that way, we absolve ourselves of responsibility. In that way, we say we are not to blame. In that way, those in power convince the rest of us that those in power are victims as well. My hands are tied. More than anything else, Pedro Almodovar's cinema is one where the characters break down such dogma in order to secure self-determination and sovereignty. Here he is in 2013 speaking to an interpreter with Lorna Manley of the New York Times addressing one of his recurring themes, transgression. So I think, yes, you're right, that it's not that I'm aiming to be transgressive, but in fact sex has a large role in my films, and I think it comes from this kind of moral autonomy that I like to give my characters where they get to decide how they're going to live their lives. And I think this liberation also is there uh, to celebrate one of the greatest gifts, I think, that human nature gives us, which is our sexuality. In 1999, Almodovar wrote and directed All About My Mother, a film that has transgression in abundance. Why? Because for Almodovar, transgression is not about offending or alienating. On the contrary, Almodovar examines transgression in order to embrace and accept people for who they are. But who are they? In the film, Almodovar's explanation comes by mixing transgression with tradition specifically the traditional representations of Spanish women, and in particular, Spanish mothers. The mother of the title is Manuela, played by Cecilia Roth. An Argentinian nurse living in Madrid, Manuela is a single mother whose son, Esteban, played by Eloy Azarín, is about to celebrate his 17th birthday. For Almodovar, being a woman is not only a physical and biological reality. It is also a cultural construct that projects onto women stereotypical roles. And those roles prohibit women from being who they really are. In other words, being a woman is sometimes more of an act than it is an existence. Such a paradox is embodied by one of the film's support characters, Agrado, played by Antonio San Juan. Agrado was born male, but is transitioning to female. And it is Agrado who delivers one of the film's key lines when she says, you are more authentic the more you resemble what you've dreamed of being. Here is Almodovar in 2015 speaking again with Maria Delgado, who also translates what he has to say about another of his recurring themes, performance, and specifically, female performance. These women had enormous capacity for acting. I remember my mother and my grandmother going to great kind of lengths in terms of performances so that my father and my grandfather would not find out about certain things. So also with the neighbours, they would perform a pantomime in order to hide and camouflage certain things from their husbands so that they wouldn't find out about them. Because if they found out about them, they'd be irritated or angry. So they would, you know, they would these extraordinary fictions that they would create. I'm trying to explain why there are so many actresses in my films. I think that there were so many giant, kind of huge, strong women who inspire many of the characters in my films. And I think that's the explanation that I'm getting to. That's how I'm, I'm rationalising it. The theme of performance emerges early in All About My Mother, when Manuela and Esteban sit down to watch on television a broadcast of Joseph L. Mankiewicz's classic drama All About Eve, almost all of which takes place in New York's theatre district. 
Esteban aspires to be a writer, so later, Manuela takes him to see a production of Tennessee Williams' play A Streetcar Named Desire. There, Esteban's favourite actress, Huma Rojo, is playing Blanche Dubois. But sandwiched in between those two events is a sequence that takes place in the hospital. There, Manuela attends a training course where the staff are coached in how to help grieving families cope with losing their sons or daughters. And just as importantly, how the staff can go about requesting permission that organs of their dead children be used in transplant operations. This simulation then collides violently with reality when, after leaving the theatre, Esteban insists on getting an autograph from Huma Rojo. Leaving his mother on one side of the street, Esteban runs across the stage door, but is not down. And Manuela finds herself on the receiving end of a request for organ donorship. The paradox of being and performing collides in many ways in many of Almodovar's scripts. Here he is in 2016, speaking with Stephen Galloway of The Hollywood Reporter, detailing his writing methods. I live with my stories during many years, and I always have many of them, not only one. But also, it is, it is important to, to know that when you are in a dead end, if I'm completely like, let's say, three stories, what I do, and sometimes I did, is just to mix the three of them to select the best parts of, uh, of the three and put it together. You know what, what creates this kind of crazy uh, way of working? That you find a wonderful twist, <laughs> because of course they belong to different stories. With this in mind, it is tempting to read All About My Mother as a series of textual collisions. Consider the manner in which Almodovar constructs his plot so that it echoes All About Eve and A Streetcar Named Desire. But then also consider the manner of the film's title and the way it collides with not just Mankiewicz's film, but also the phenomenon of writing. All About My Mother declares itself as an account, if not a confession, then a dedication. Which means it is perhaps less about a mother than it is for a mother. As Esteban writes the words all about my mother in his notebook, Almodovar places his camera in the position of the page so that Esteban's pencil writes directly onto the screen. Then the film's title comes up and we can immediately deduce that Almodovar has blurred the lines of authorship so that he and Esteban become one. Which in effect means that the story of the mother is not her story, but rather a story told from a son's point of view which immediately begs the question whether Almodovar is not falling into the same trap already mentioned, where a woman is not ever her own construction, but rather a passive element in someone else's drama. All About My Mother is a melodrama, radically, but also not too far removed from the classical Hollywood narratives that dominated American cinema from the 20s through to the 50s. There, a woman stoically endured great suffering, but never for her own survival. Instead, she embodied self-sacrifice so that her husband or sons could realise their own dreams. But what separates Almodovar's film from its generic antecedents is that he reframes the stereotype of a woman being passive into a fully formed personality with her own agency. But Almodovar's films are not a reaction against the old melodramas. He is merely recreating things he witnessed when growing up. 
Here he is again with Maria Delgado. Para mí es un resumen. Uh, an actress summarizes uh, femininity in the way that I've experienced it since my youth. It's also about the women that I remember from my youth, uh, my mother and her friends who would hang around near the patio, they would uh, wash clothes by the river and they would share their life and their fictions with us. There's nothing as explosive as, as, as hearing these women's stories. They talked about themselves, they talked of, of people, the ordinary things, people hanging themselves or throwing themselves in a well or somebody getting pregnant by her father. Um, <laughs> and, and these are the stories that, uh, that, that, that form part of my youth. Consider the various ways you define yourself and the way you are defined. For instance, the country where you are born and then the country to which you might be forced to flee. Not to mention changing your nationality. Almodovar populates his film with characters from Spain, Argentina and El Salvador. And then within Spain, he specifies characters as being from Galicia and Catalonia. Now consider their names. There are no less than three Estebans in the film. The Esteban, played by Ilor Adarín, his favourite actress is Huma Rojo. Only that is not her real name. It is a stage name she adopted because of her addiction to cigarettes. Humor Rojo translates into English as Red Smoke. But while she's on stage, Rojo plays Blanche Dubois, which in English means White Wood. Esteban inherited his name from his father, played by Tony Canto. But as a transvestite, Esteban Sr. has adopted the name Lola. The transformation does not end there. Lola impregnates a young nun named Rosa, played by Penelope Cruz. She gives birth to a boy whom she names Esteban. Rosa is dying of AIDS, but before she passes away, she asks Manuela to adopt her baby, which means that Manuela ends up with another boy named Esteban, this time from the father who also fathered her biological son. Miraculously, this young boy has not inherited the virus from his mother. How did that happen? Because in Almodovar's universe, the third Esteban was born of parents and adopted by a mother who have escaped dogma, prejudice and xenophobia and instead have transcended institutions and embraced forgiveness. In the hands of another less gifted director, the plot of All About My Mother would have played out as no more than convoluted histrionic soap opera. But under Almodovar's direction, the absurdity dissolves into empathy and what you have is a film that examines the fluidity of identity, so that in the end, there is no transgression, only acceptance. Yeah.